In many of the apocalyptic passages of Scripture, like the book of Isaiah, we are given visions of God's judgment, his inescapable judgment. In Isaiah chapters 13 through 23, we have those kind of visions. God's judgment is pictured here as being poured out upon the nations of what is called the Fertile Crescent in the 8th and 7th centuries BC. So God's judgment is seen as being poured out upon Babylon and Philistia, Ethiopia, Egypt, Syria, Moab, and others. God's judgment in these passages is relentless. We struggle with God's judgment because we don't like the idea of judgment. But in reality, we really can't imagine a world, or we really wouldn't want to imagine a world where there is no judgment. A world where there is no judgment is a world where there is no justice. And we are living in a time where we are insistent that justice is necessary. But again, a justice requires judgment, and true justice requires inescapable judgment. That's exactly what we see in these passages. God's judgment is exacting. It is at times brutal, and it is inescapable. Many times in the prophetic or apocalyptic passages of Scripture, the moment of God's inescapable judgment is referred to as the day of the Lord or the day of God's wrath or his vengeance. Speaking of a day of the inescapable vengeance of God, the prophet Amos speaks of the unavoidable nature of it in this way in Amos chapter 5. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord, for what good is the day of the Lord to you? It'll be darkness and not light. It'll be as though a man fled from a lion and the bear met him, or as though he went into a house and leaned his hand on the wall and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light? Is it not very dark with no brightness in it? These visions of God's judgment are seen throughout apocalyptic literature in the Bible. Yes, these are the things that bother a lot of readers in our day. But again, remember, there is no justice without judgment. So stop crying about justice if you are offended by judgment. The day of the Lord is connected to a number of prophetic landmarks or identifiers in Scripture. I talked about these things a couple of weeks ago. Just look for my video on prophetic landmarks. I believe it's in Isaiah chapter 13, episode 233. The day of the Lord is a prophetic landmark. It marks a time of God's judgment. And the day is associated with several different landmarks in the scriptures where the sun is darkened and the moon becomes red like blood. Many commentators associate that imagery, the sun being darkened and the moon becoming as blood with thick smoke of the burning of a city clouding the light of the sun and the moon. But that's really a discussion for another time. I'm only bringing up these prophetic landmarks again to look at another apocalyptic passage that shows us this unavoidable judgment of God that will come on that day, the day of the Lord's wrath. We see it again in Revelation chapter 6. The apostle John sees a vision of that day and he says, I looked when he opened the sixth seal and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. And then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. 
and the kings of the earth and the great men, rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man, they hid themselves in caves and in the rocks of mountains. And they said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come and who will be able to stand? Later in Revelation, John says, in those days, at that time of God's judgment, men will seek death and they will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. There is no escape from God's judgment. That is the consistent message around the day of God's wrath. And that's what we see about God's wrath upon Moab in Isaiah chapter 15, or his vengeance upon Babylon or Syria or Philistia in the previous chapter in chapter 14. And here's the thing. All of these heavy visions, they they should bother you like they bother most people. No one in their right mind looks forward to the day of God's inescapable judgment. Everybody should desire to find refuge from it. In Revelation 6, men are pictured as fleeing from the judgment of God and trying to find refuge in caves and under rocks. They seek for an escape by death, but death, it flees from them. God's unrelenting judgment, it pursues them. And just when they think that they have escaped from the pursuing lion of God's judgment, the bear will attack them. And just as they avoid the bear finding refuge in some dwelling, they put their hand upon the wall, leaning upon it in their despair, and a serpent bites them because God's judgment is inescapable. It is unrelenting and unavoidable. Kind of. In the Torah, the law of God directed Israel under Moses, to provision cities of refuge throughout the ancient land of Israel. These cities of refuge, they were for the person that was guilty of manslaughter. By that person's actions, unintentional as they may have been, a person was dead. They hadn't committed premeditated murder, but they were guilty of manslaughter. And under Ancient ways, ancient tradition, capital punishment was the just judgment for such a crime. So the one that had committed manslaughter could be put to death by the kinsman avenger of the one that had died by manslaughter. And so that person who was guilty of manslaughter, the only way that they could live was if they could flee to one of these six cities of refuge that were supposed to be positioned within a day's journey throughout anywhere in the land of Israel. And they could remain there in one of the cities of refuge alive, but they would have to remain there. And if they they left, then they could be killed by the family member of that person that had died, the avenger who would come and take that person's life who had committed manslaughter. A lot of work and time and national treasure really went into providing this refuge system in Old Testament times. And what is amazing is that as far as I can tell, there is no narrative in the Old Testament scriptures where these cities of refuge were ever used. That's not to say that they were never used. I'm sure that they were, but there is no story in the Old Testament, nothing in the scriptures showing their use, just the provision of them. So what's the point? It seems like a waste, but not so fast. You see, in the New Testament, we are told that All of those things in the Old Testament, they were written for our instruction and our learning. Those cities of refuge, they were there for a purpose. They point forward to something vitally important. 
You see, you and me, all of us, we are guilty of manslaughter. By our actions, unintentional as they may have been, a man was killed. He died on a cross 2,000 years ago because of your sin and because of mine. And justice is demanded. And that one who died on the cross, he has a near of kin. He has a father who demands justice for the death of his son. And he is unrelenting in his justice. His justice is inescapable unless you flee for refuge. Where can you flee for refuge? Refuge is seen 60 times in the Old Testament. It is a key theme in the first 39 books of the Bible from Genesis to Malachi. And then this idea, this concept of refuge is all but gone when you come to the New Testament, save for one verse in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6, where we read there in Hebrews chapter 6 that we have a strong consolation or comfort who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters into the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Your only hope of escape from the inescapable and unrelenting and inevitable judgment of God is to be found in Jesus Christ. He is our refuge and our strength. Only in his mercy is there safety from the coming storm of God's wrath. Something to think about. We'll see you next time.